0: Good day. good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris and we're down on the beach and this is a, a Life's a Beach podcast and today we're going to talk about something that is an epidemic proportion across the planet and is without shadow of doubt the hardest thing that I have to deal with with uh, new clients um, in the world uh, of coaching, and that is the word, Are you ready for it? What do you think it's gonna be? You got any guesses? What do you think it's going to be? Thought about it for a minute. Well, the word is rhetoric. Rhetoric, uh, rhetoric, I love my family. Ret- is it true or rhetoric? I love my job or I don't like my job or I want everybody in my job to be happy or I wanna be a good leader. Or I want to be really healthy. Or I want the world to be a happy place. Rhetoric. It's the hardest thing because with the advent of social media and the ability to, of people on podcasts like this to speak their story and for everyone to borrow, uh, to borrow Quotes and borrow ideals and borrow idealizations from somebody who's sharing their stuff uh, and may or may not be qualified to speak it, it, the, 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 the epidemic is going out of control. And this is having a direct effect on mental health. A company says, We want you to be well. And then they give you back-to-back meetings from morning till night. They go, your boss says, I want you to uh, achieve, uh, achieve well this year and get a good review. And then they give you an overload or an underload, in fact, of work. Or don't help you change your work style so that you evolve to get more done in less time and just give you more work to do in more time. Uh, you give yourself the thing, I want to be a good leader, or, I want to be a good manager, but then you just don't change the way you do things. You know, every time you go through a frustra in life, every single time, the model of how you do things has to change. So when, remember when you were a kid, you got one on one makes two. It was a revolution. It was an, when you were first learning shit and someone said one plus one equals two, you thought, that was a revolution. You, you, you suddenly clicked into a groove. And if anybody soon after said one-on-one makes three, you would have laughed and said, oh, you're just teasing me. You're just teasing me. You know one-on-one makes two. And then after 80, 90 years of life, you're still going one-on-one makes two. And you're going, see, I still, I still know that. But it doesn't. One on one makes two is a two dimensional aspect picture of mathematics. In geometry, it's not true because the world is curved and light bends. And the number one is not the number one, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a binary proposition. And two is the assumption that one on one, there is no friction in adding them to two. So if you go into other worlds, this learning that we addict ourselves to and hold ourselves onto that works, uh, becomes an impediment to growth. We say one-on-one makes two, a relationship, but actually it's not. In a relationship, one-on-one makes three. So even if you take your mathematics and apply it to another environment, uh, it doesn't work, but we're addicted to it. And we don't know we're addicted to it. It's just stuck. So I think what, what is rhetoric is that we are speaking words that we hear without actually being able to have the resources or the information to apply them. That's number one. Number two, we're saying things we said before that we don't really mean anymore or don't have relevance. And number three, the world changes. We need to change the rhetoric or change with it. Um, This happened exactly with COVID, of course. The rhetoric was we want the world to be a happy place and we all want to survive. But then there's a bunch of people say, well, I don't want to have injections because I don't want uh, something. Uh, the world invading my body. And then there's a bunch of people say, well, you know, if you die, you're meant to die. And if you don't die, then the hospitals are all full and the staff is all overworked. And then there's people attacking the staff because the staff aren't doing a good job. And then there's people don't get letters in the mail, uh, um, and the post is running slow because of something, and they get angry. But it's really. Uh, Millions and billions and billions of posts going everywhere because of COVID and borders shut and the poor old post people are trying to get their shit together and it's really hard. And we get rhetoric, we want the world to be a happy place and we want people to be at peace, but we don't even generate that in our own heart. Rhetoric. Rhetoric is really hard because it, it's, uh, it's, sort of, it's sort of confronting, isn't it? When you have rhetoric, you say, I, I want everybody at my office to be productive. And then you go and tell them that they're not, which is there's nothing surer than telling a person they're not productive to cause them not to be productive because then they become uh, disappointed or downhearted or they become anal retentive about what they're doing. And next thing you know, you've really fucked up a whole group of people at the office by trying to help them. That's rhetoric. What you're trying to say is really, I, I don't want to do any world work anymore. I'm really lazy. I want to get everybody to do their job so I don't have a job. That's true. That's not rhetoric. Oh, I want everybody to feel good at work and do their job and just be relaxed and get the work done. It's not true. If everyone at work your, in your work was relaxed, you'd give more work to do. Rhetoric. I want my partner to be happy. Well, they've just had a shag with somebody. Well, not that happy. I want my partner to be happy. Uh, that means they have to leave you. Well, not that happy. It's rhetoric. It's disappointing, this rhetoric, because it becomes uh, uh, so entrenched that the person who has the rhetoric thinks they're true, their rhetoric is true and therefore validates a lot of uh, uh, unhealthy behaviour. They say, I really want to do Chris's 30-day challenge and I'll get up in the morning. Oh, hang on, not today. Maybe tomorrow. I'll do it the Sabbath. But the morning walk in the 30 day challenge of all the things is the way you start the day somewhere between the sleep and the wake before you start thinking and you go for a walk and you just do gratitude, which is the time if you go to a monastery, they insist that you do your beginning your meditation training or you do your uh, gratitude walk, they insist you do it before sunrise. Why? Because after sunrise, you start thinking, and then it's really hard. Then you're fighting the mind. But before sunrise, you don't. But it's really hard because we've got rhetoric. We say, I want something, but we don't do what we need. We say we need something, but we won't do what we want. We say we want to love our work, but then we just find, we just gravitate and hold on to all the stressful things, and we don't look at all the beautiful things. So it's this whole topic of rhetoric, and, and, and I don't think we can walk our talk, but I think we can limp our lives. We can go in the general direction. Rhetoric. I want what's best for my kids. I really, really love my kids. I want what's best for them. So I'm going to be grumpy about it. Or I'm going to have no discipline. Or I'm going to negotiate with my partner and my partner and I are going to come up with a compromised uh, version of parenting that leads the kids into distress, rhetoric. The one thing you don't find farmers doing, people who've lived on the land, is having rhetoric. They, they, they 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 might say, I hope it rains next year. Wow the word hope means they've got no control. Well, city people don't use the word hope. They're not desperate enough. They're not honest enough. They use the word, I'm gonna do everything I can to make it rain next year. I'm gonna even, what I'm gonna do is counter invest in not raining. So i make a profit if it doesn't. But then I'm going to say I hope it rains next year because it'll be good for everyone, but I've got shares on the stock market that will go skyrocketing up in Monsanto if it doesn't rain. It's just hard to be authentic, isn't it? It's really hard. And I think the authenticity aspect of life is kind of like important because that is when we're, not, when we're walking what, what we're doing, what we say we're going to do and not, <laughs> not call it not, doing, not have it, saying one thing and doing the opposite. Coming home grumpy from work and tired and emotional and talking about work to your partner, that's rhetoric. Because you know that time talking to your partner about work or renovations or uh, self-care should be spent talking about love and romance and how gorgeous their eyes are and how wonderful uh, you feel about them. And we say, oh, I want a better relationship and I really want my marriage to last a long time. And then we just talk about work and talk about new jobs and talk about old jobs and talk about the boss and talk about what we're doing next week. Not for the purpose of scheduling our, 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 our time to get approval for it or yeah. to negotiate it or get uh, uh, cheap coaching or something. I don't know why we did that. That's rhetoric. I took a lady to Nepal once who, I knew she had a mental thing going on. She had a little bit of, I don't know, she's out there. She flew in. I had physically met her, it was in the days where you could meet people physically, uh, uh, during a program, and she was at the program. She said, I want to come to Nepal. I said, yeah, fine, come. That was me with rhetoric. She turns up. She was, when I met her, probably 30 kilo overweight. And online, because uh, she lived in a different country, I had uh, given her a training program and a weight management program because 30 kilo overweight on a Himalayan trek is, is a disaster. And I said to her, you need to lose some weight, you need to do some training, you need to get fit. And she said, yes, 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 rhetoric. She turned up, she was 40 kilo overweight. She arrived at the, at, the, at the airport up in the Himalayas and people were watching her get off the aeroplane. She nearly slipped, stepping off the short uh, steps, coming down off the aeroplane. I met her there and I knew what had gone wrong. I, 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 I'd, I'd done rhetoric. I said, you're welcome no matter what the problem, uh, but there wasn't the truth. There was a certain base. So what I had to do was take her for a walk around the village where the airport is, down the hill a little bit out of altitude, uh, 200 meters down uh, in altitude loss, which is about 5K, around this little village at the bottom of the river and walk her back up to the village, to the airport. And I took the whole group. And by the time we got back to the airport, she uh, she was wounded forever. She's gone, that was it. There was not going to be another day's walking for her. And yet this walk was just a tenth of the first day. We had to walk that walk on the first day. So we all sat down and I said, well look, we're going to stay here tonight instead of move on, which we usually did. And everyone agreed. And so in order to negotiate the rhetoric of this whole situation and and really be authentic, we had to sit down and have an experience. Experience is one of the greatest humbling things we can have, isn't it? Because experience cuts through rhetoric. It's real. I try, as a coach, to give people the benefit of experience through mine, so they don't have to pay the price of experience, which is horrifically expensive, like this lady. Anyway, so what I said to her is, we sat there, and I said, look, you can't come on the trek. There's no way. You're going to die. So in the village here where the airport is, I've hired a a person. And what we're going to do for you is we're going to give you a, a, a community trek. So each day we're going to come with us for the first night because it's all downhill. We're going to stay somewhere which is easy and get the group on the way. But you're going to stay there when we leave. And the next day you're only going to walk for two hours to the next little village, which we walk through in the first hour of our day. And you're going to go to that second village and you're going to stay there. We will walk on another six hours. And the next day we will walk another six hours and you'll walk too. And then you'll eventually, after doing this for five days, come to the base of what they call the Namche Hill. It's a 650-metre ascent. And you do it in about four or five hours, and it's frickin' hard, and it breaks people's hearts. And it tests their mettle, and it's really a great experience because it goes from rhetoric, gee, I'm looking forward to this Himalaya trek, to experience, which is, oh my God, what have I got myself in for? When you get to the bottom of that hill, you're going to turn around and go back. You're gonna do five days going back, which adds up to a total of 10 days. Then you're gonna stay where I drop you off for another two days, which, by which time we will be there, and we will celebrate with you your trek and our trek. And each village, I'm gonna make sure that the people who are carrying your pack and guiding you and looking after you, each village you're gonna meet the ladies, the women, the mums, and you're gonna have a chance to interact with Sherpa people in their real world. And you go out to play with the kids, and this was exactly, exactly what her 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 life was about: meeting the women, m- meeting the kids, and she had the most absolutely spectacular trek. We then, at the at the end, after day twelve, we had to walk back up to the airport, and she nearly died doing it. So, truth: the the experience of going around there. Uh, airport when she arrived, cut through rhetoric and gave her the opportunity to be humbled, I suppose is the word, but to be honest with herself, authentic and the question we all have of course is how do we be authentic without the experience because uh, if it takes all of us to fly into the Himalayas and not be able to walk around and to realize we can't walk around that's a little tough especially if we say I'm going to take a new job uh, and I'm going to take a new job, but you're not really uh, ready for the for the climb. Oh, I'm going to take more income, but I'm not really ready for the stress. I'm, I'm going to take uh, more responsibility, but I'm not really ready to sacrifice my family for it. But you don't know that because it's rhetoric. And I think it's one of the most important things about coaching. There's a testimonial just came on my website from someone who says, you know there's twists and turns in life and you don't expect it but what you need is someone who's tough enough to give you the give you the the hard side of things so that you don't have to dive into it and have the experience to find out the hard side of things someone who knows their stuff has had experience enough to be confident enough to confront both support you when you need it and challenge you and i think that's the reason that i'm called a tough bastard in coaching is because I hear rhetoric. When I hear rhetoric, I flag it. And when I flag rhetoric, it's so that the person becomes authentic and they don't have to have uh, the experience like my client did in the Himalayas, going around and around, fly all that way to really discover what's the truth. And that saves time. Time's a pretty precious thing to save. I wonder what it's worth. So I think that's it for today. I hope that in talking about this in an open hearted way, I haven't made you feel judged because rhetoric is human. We all fantasize. And the difference between imagination and fantasy is radical. Radical. The difference between a vision and a fantasy. It's radical difference, but from inside the bubble of ourselves, it's really hard to work out which is which, and I think that's one of the gifts of a good coach, certainly the thing that I hold as being very important in my job. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.